Blog Talk Radio.
especially the wonderful people who clean up after them. And again, Bob's best friends, the people that stock the shelves in the supermarkets. Uh, tonight's program is dedicated to a group of people that have made, <laughs> make a, a definite change in everybody's life. Uh, and that would be all the fathers that have been out there, from our fathers, our grandfathers, but especially the men who get here every Saturday night, faithfully putting out the word on the fight and, and MMA game. Uh, Bob, uh, Zito, Ty, Tony, uh, and Caden, you have been, well, I don't know about the Caden right now. Uh, hey, not, 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 a father, missing, right? not a father yet, I hope. Not a father yet, uh, Okay, okay. <laughs> Not that I know of. That's not you what know I heard. <laughs> hey, not that I know of. <laughs> that you know of. We just had this conversation. Today was the unknown Father's Day. Tomorrow's the known Father's Day. <laughs> Tony, your, your guest has arrived. Why don't you introduce him? All righty, uh, buddy. Mine here in town, Sarasota, Florida. His name's Anthony Calarasi. Uh, very, very awesome dude that I uh, happened to meet through work that is a big boxing fan. Come to find out that he was an actual, uh, I believe, pro boxer. He definitely sparred with people like Arturo Gotti and some others uh, up in Brooklyn. And um, he's actually training down here in Sarasota at a gym, at a local gym that we're trying to beef up a little bit on the air here. He's got some prospects that will be coming through here to be on the show. So I'd like to uh, introduce Anthony Calarasi to the show tonight. I want to thank you guys very much for having me on the show. Hey, buddy. It's a pleasure. I'm glad you could make it. I uh, just want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, your background in boxing, where you started, some of those people we had spoke about you were up and coming with and uh, in Brooklyn and so forth. Well, absolutely. Actually, originally from the Bronx, um, from the Bronx, and uh, the days of growing up in the Bronx and moving up to Yonkers, New York, um, and actually how I got started into boxing, I moved up from Yonkers, and uh, Chaz Parmentieri, his, uh, his dad was an amateur fighter, and actually got me into uh, boxing as a young kid, and watching training in the garage in Yonkers, New York, and, and uh, as I got older in my days, teenager days, 20s, uh, trained with Zip Green in the Yonkers PAL, uh, Morris Park Gym in the Bronx, and uh, fought in the 1994 I've Golden Gloves, uh, fought a Metro champion, David Navarro. Uh, great fight, 3-1 as an amateur. Uh, trained with Doug DeCobra DeWitt, which was a great, he's a great champion and helped me out on training and, and my career. And uh, also the Bianca's PAL was definitely uh, a great place. Uh, to help kids get off the street. Was great friends with Arturo Gaddy. Um, times in Jersey City, uh, trained with Arturo. Um, Dave Telesco um, from Portchester, New York, that fought Roy Jones Jr. as a time when I was an amateur. And uh, I used to spar with Larry Barnes, no fair Barnes, uh, three years times when he fought Felix Trinidad and uh, Glenwood Brown and Yuri Boy Compass. So uh, it, was a, it was an honor, actually, to be in the ring with them at the time when I was an amateur, moving around with these pro guys, and I've learned so much from these, uh, 
these great fighters and gentlemen. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Now you brought down basically all your uh, your talent to Sarasota, Florida, and then you're currently training in a gym in Sarasota with some people. I know there's some uh, up and coming. Uh, some up-and-coming boxers that are making their way up through the ranks. I know it's a little slow in the Sarasota area. It's more St. Pete and Tampa, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about the gym in Sarasota and your prospects and some people around here you're uh, you're dealing with and how you know, how we can help out? Absolutely. There's, um, well, I train at Venom, a great guy. Darren was uh, from Jersey, um, super middleweight, got a great program in uh, – near McComas, Osprey, in Sarasota. And there's a few people in there, uh, probably a welterweight, 56. Not so many prospects here in Sarasota, but if I do find somebody I do, I love to help them and knowledge them and bring my style from New York and my knowledge to help out that anyone that wants to succeed and move farther in their career. And I do also help out at people at YMCA core um, and, to help them, whatever, to reach their goals and their talent. So it's it's truly an honor to put my love and passion to something that I love and to help people succeed their goals in life. Excellent. You got any, uh, you got any stories of the uh, boxers, these pro boxers that you've dealt with here or anyone around um, town? Or? Uh, there's, there's a few guys. There's one guy that I was working with. His name was Glenn. Um He's he's a 147 pounder um, that I was working with. It's he's to the point where that if he wants to, he doesn't know exactly what he wants to do. If he wants to fight amateur or pro, so it's kind of like in it's in the rears right now what he wants to do. And then I have a guy that's 165. Um, this guy Joe I'm working with at 165, super middleweight. So. We're gonna. I'm working with him right now to see what he wants to do if he wants to enter in the gloves, and uh, that these two guys that I'm really, really working on to try to help whatever they want to do and succeed. Excellent. Uh, yeah, well, hopefully we'll be able to beef up Venom Gym here on the air a little bit and get the uh, Sarasota boxing, you know, through the roof anything in this town and. Core, absolutely. Anything we can do to help, you know. Drop any one of us a line, but any other guys have any questions for Anthony? Nope. Well, I'll tell you what, we've got a couple fights we're going to be talking about tonight, so before you take off, because I definitely want to get you back on the air more often, we got Errol Spence Absolutely. and Crawford coming up here soon. Uh, which, which way are you leaning on that one? Because I noticed the I'm other day Vegas has got Crawford as, a, as the main man. Styles make fights, brother. Um, I'll, honestly, I'll be truthfully honest with you. Um, I have uh, I have Spence. Um, you know, Styles make fights. Spence, you know, not because he's the bigger guy and the quality of opponents that Spence fought, um, I think, were much better uh, opponents that he fought prior before and then handed over to Crawford. So Spence is, to me, uh, much more fundamentally more sound. Uh, physically, I think stronger man. Um, I definitely, I definitely think that Spence. I think Spence will definitely, definitely will take this fight. Everyone's picking Crawford. I, I got Spence though. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't know if Vegas is doing it to make some money or how they're doing it, but I think Errol Spence Absolutely. will pull it off. I, I, I totally um, agree, Tony. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, we have a uh, we have a caller. Uh, go ahead, Lero. Hey, no, it's Milo. Oh, Milo. Lero. Hey, do you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, no, I just wanted to, you know, I knew my, my friend Anthony was going to be on the show tonight, so I just wanted to call in and, you know, just, you know, tell you a little bit about our history. I grew up with Anthony and Yonkers, and, uh, you know, he's a little bit older than me, and, uh, you know, he was always a great guy. I myself loved, the, you know, the fight game. I love boxing, and his conversations, you know, about boxing, always very interesting. But, you know, a lot more to say about Anthony. You know, I mean, other than the – I mean, the guy's a great father. I mean, I mean you know, the, I, I cannot say – you know, the good things about this guy, I mean, he's just an absolutely great guy. I love his dedication just as a person in this world. I remember back in the day I had my own issues with, you know, substance abuse and all of that. And I remember driving around in the morning and I would see Anthony, 7 in the morning, running up hills and training. And I used to say to myself, damn, I got to be a little bit more like that guy, you know. The Rocky Balboa of Sarasota now. <laughs> yeah. And I and I gotta say too, I, I I agree. I was listening in about the Errol Spence and Crawford. I think what Anthony said, everything he said was right on the money. He's more fundamentally sound. He's a bigger guy. The quality of opponents. He's fought a lot better fighters. The way I think he's been tested more. Um, and I just think uh, I just think he's uh, I think he's a little bit. He's got the edge. And like Anthony said, styles make fights. And I think Crawford. Uh, I don't think Crawford. I mean, I I, th- I think Spence would win that fight, you know. Absolutely. I'll throw one more at okay. you here before we gotta take off. But there uh, cool. there's talks about possibly Tank Davis taking another fight with Isaac Cruz, which was the one that he uh, got kind of at the last minute fight deal with here before Garcia and all that. Do you guys do you guys recommend that fight? And if so, which way would you lean on it? Uh, I still, I still listen. I still, Tony, I roll with Tank. Um, Tank to me is a miniature Mike Tyson. Um, when he gets close enough to you with those short, compact punches, the guy is extremely explosive. And when any time you have a guy like that that gets compact, I mean, you clearly seen when he fought Garcia. I told everyone that Tank was going to beat, even though Garcia is talented, but he was not ready yet, and he closed the gap and he. He just was incredible. And when he gets close enough on you, I think he'll, he'll wind up stopping. I think he'll wind up stopping him again in a rematch. Well, we yeah, have sandwiches we eat on this program. But... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think anybody yeah. in that weight class could be Tank. I think he's pound for pound. He's got to be definitely top three fighters in the world. I, I know he would easily beat Garcia. I didn't think Garcia was all that to begin with. Um, I think it's going to be a long time before we see Tank Davis lose. I got to disagree with you on that one. Absolutely. I agree with that. And Lilo, thank you for the love, brother. I appreciate it. My pleasure, my friend. I hope you both keep up. Keep up. Thank you for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Okay. You got it, buddy. Thank Thank you. you. We're going to have our other guys pipe up on this one, too, real quick. Have a good night. Go ahead, Z. Well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Uh, second of all, uh, I want to chime in on the first fight you guys talked about, uh, Crawford and Spence one. Uh, first thing I do want to say is this. I'm, I'm sort of ashamed because the, you go, and, and these guys, to me, should have been active. Like We've been waiting for this fight, and while you're waiting for the big fights, 
guys are usually active. So to me, are we honestly getting the best Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence? To be honest, are we no. getting the best version? Because when you have a guy who's inactive, or guys who are inactive like that, they aren't honing their skills to me. That said, you know, that they're fighting each other, and it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, for me, uh, I think, and I can't predict an exact winner right now, but everything hinges on two things to me. And the first thing is, how much hell can Crawford catch early? How much can he withstand early? And the second thing is, can Errol Spence get up? Um, Errol Spence is a workhorse. It is hard. Two guys right now in boxing with the names that are hard to bag rounds on are Devin Haney and Errol Spence. It's hard to get rounds on these guys. These guys, they they do work that that. You know, they do work good to the judges, and they're consistent. They're in so much good shape, and they're very, you know, they're, they're very on key with their game. With that said, he makes slight adjustments, but he's not the biggest adjuster. What he does works well for him through the course of the fight. Crawford's a lot different. Crawford will adjust. Crawford's main thing is once he finds that bead on you, it, 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 it's hard to survive him. You, you, I mean, it's hard to survive him, especially uh, as he's going into his welterweight. He, he's been pretty good. I think Jeff Horn's the only one he didn't stop. <laughs> With that said, um, he is the smaller guy, and Errol Spence. I mean, Errol Spence is. You know, he's going to work. He's going to work to the head. He's going to work to the body. Um, I think Crawford might have the reach advantage, although he's a smaller guy. So that may play the factor. But when, if Crawford is, you know, is capable when he finds the beat on Errol Spence, the fighter is going to get really interesting to me. But but that's my take on it. Much Ty, what do you assessment. think? Ty? Uh, please. Hey, gentlemen, please forgive me. I've uh, been traveling, so just a little offbeat here. How's everyone doing first and foremost? Good, Excellent. Good, good. Happy Father's Day. Good, good. Um, so you were talking about Crawford Spence? Yeah. Yes, we are. Yes, yeah. sir. Yep. So uh, Zito is right in that, that Crawford does have a reach advantage. Um, had this fight been made... A few years ago, uh, I might have seen it differently. Um, right now, without going into an in-depth prediction, but just right now, my gut leans towards Crawford. As even though being three years older than Errol Spence, I view him as a fresher fighter. Uh, he hasn't quite had the wars that Errol Spence has had. Uh, the big thing, too, is the Errol Spence thing outside the ring. Um, Crawford outside the ring has historically been a little bit more disciplined. Um you know, Errol's had a well, he's had two car accidents, one bad, and he's had a detached retina. So I, I just don't know if, I mean, he's a he's a strong-willed guy, but I don't know if at this point he is going to be able to possess the durability uh, to stand up to Crawford once, as Zito said, Crawford starts to find his beat on him. Mm-hmm. Caden. 
Um, I didn't. I haven't watched much of uh, uh, Earl Spence, but I watched. What was the last uh, Crawford fight? Because I believe I watched that one. I don't know. Does anybody know who he fought last? No. I, yeah, dead, he, fought David, he fought. He fought David Avenisian, and he okay, knocked yeah, him out in the sixth round. Oh yeah, I believe I did see that. So it, it was a uh, it was a nice knockout, I, I believe, right? Mhm. Oh yeah, yeah not, he knocked him out cold in the sixth round. Knocked him out cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely leaning on my boy, on my boy Crawford here, just because that's the only guy I've seen fight. But uh, he looks like he's gonna keep up the intensity and, and, like you were saying, rhythm. He had that crazy rhythm. His hands were just flow. Mhm. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Bob. Bob, what do you think about uh, Amanda Nunez and her last uh, outing? Well, Mr. Nunez, the all-time uh, goat of the female, uh, with only what two losses to her entire career, um, which one was? Uh, oh, I can't think of it right now. And then the last one was to Pena recently. Yeah, well, the, last, the most recent was the Pena. I can't remember who the first one was. But, uh, yeah, so she – oh, was Zingano. Okay, so, yeah, Nunez pretty much going out as pretty much the GOAT. She was uh, slotted to fight uh, or, um, uh, Pena again, but something happened there. And then she got uh, – who was her opponent? Uh, Mexican fighter. Let's see here. Boom, boom. There we go. Thank you. I love having Caden back on and tie. You guys just helped me out. But anyway, so she dominated that fight. Uh, you know, her opponent landed pretty much a good, maybe I think it was a right uh, early in the rounds. But then uh, Nunes just kind of dominated the whole thing and won by decision and then uh, put up for her retirement. Wants to go out on top. with only two losses on her career. Uh, focus on her family and stuff. So good for her. Um, hopefully she'll get to roll off onto like some movies and some other stuff. Uh, I would have liked to, uh, seen her go against, uh, Penny again, but, uh, uh, hats off to Nunez and an amazing, amazing career. She'll definitely get inducted into the UFC hall of fame. Um, yeah. God bless, uh, Miss Nunez and her family. Excellent. That, fight. Okay. that last fight was almost like of her career. You know, she had more total strikes that that fight than her opponent. She had more right. significant opponent. She had more ground control than her opponent. She had more takedowns than her opponent. She had more takedown attempts than her opponent. She probably sweat less than her opponent too, which is the <laughs> story of her career. She said that's why she's the greatest female fighter of all time, and I believe she's uh, the only female fighter in UFC history to become double champ, and she is one of only four fighters to ever do so, and just. And that alone should just stand for itself to her greatness. But uh, last, her last fight was, was no uh, no different, but definitely a big surprise. I wasn't really expecting her to go in there and retire. I thought she was at least going to run it with Shevchenko one more time before she retired. But, uh, that's, that's, that's where I stand. That, that, that right there is where I stand. Amanda Nunez is she, – she's easily a, a, a quick Hall of Fame, you know, inducted. Um, she she's one of the greatest female fighters ever. Is she the best? I think that uh, that that lady that she beat twice 
my decision may have something to say about that, Miss Valentina. Um, because me personally, I think she might be the best female UFC fighter ever. But that that's just right. my opinion. Okay. Well, if you're talking about the Die. best and the greatest, right, like if you're talking about the best and the greatest, I guess it depends how you measure things up. Wasn't surprised that Amanda Nunez retired. She had been speaking about it openly. She actually said she considered retiring right after she lost to Julia Pena. She was getting to that point, and um, I think most people who, who, who kind of know know that she's really into raising her family right now and more so wanting to, you know, fall back, raise the family, and coach. So it wasn't a surprise she was uh, retired. Uh, Do I think she's the greatest female fighter of all time? I'm kind of along the lines with Zito. I think she's one of them. I think uh, she – I think there's no way historically that you can argue against her to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Because she has the historical accomplishments to justify being called – the greatest female fighter of all time. Um, I, I kind of like Zito still think that maybe, you know, it could be Shevchenko uh, because, again, Amanda just, just barely got by Shevchenko twice, and she's the far bigger girl. Um, so when you, when you talk pound for pound greatest, I guess it just depends on your particular personal scale. But, yeah, tell me, tell me she, she's absolutely uh, – Anyone who says she's the greatest female fighter of all time will never get an argument from me, not until someone can eclipse some of the records and accolades she's acclaimed. And I want to I ask you all, uh, if they were to fight and that were to be the storybook ending to possibly both of their careers, who do you think comes out on top in that last fight? You know what? I always favor Amanda because Amanda's just a. I mean, Amanda. Oh, yeah, she's just a bigger girl. Amanda fought comfortably. Remember, Amanda knocked out Cyborg, who who also has an argument for being one of the greatest female fighters of all time. But Amanda yep. knocked her out at 145. Shevchenko would be. She's out. Shevchenko was outsized at 135. So 145 is like out the question to her. And Amanda Nunez can't make 125 where Shevchenko's at. In fact, part of the issue Amanda was having was saying that the weight cut to 135 is so hard for her. But she's just such a bigger girl that, that to me, the fact that kind of like, you know what? I look at, I'll give you a perfect example, Caden. I look at the Shevchenko-Nunez fight and rivalry Kind of like I look at Volkanovski and Makachev. Volkanovski lost that fight, but he's clearly the smaller guy, and he gave him everything he could handle. And so everyone, all you guys were like, yo, man, Volkanovski's the dude. He's still pound for pound number one because he took a guy who's, who's the great, bigger guy, you know, down to the wire. Shevchenko did it twice with Nunez, and she got closer the second time. So I don't know. Depends on you again. It all depends on your scale. Yeah, that is a great way to put it. Good. Right, but it's going to go to Anthony or Tony rather. Um, what do you think? Uh, uh, Deontay Wilder is uh, 
going through all the rags lately, believes that uh, uh, Alexander Yusik is afraid of him. True or false? That's completely false. <laughs> yeah, Usyk's not afraid of anybody. Um, Usyk, you know, obviously, he, he dude, Usyk, as the champ with three belts, Noah Tyson Fury is the, you know, the bigger guy. When they went to negotiate, Usyk didn't want to give Fury an excuse to not take the fight. Usyk walked in, and Fury said, I want 70-30, a 70-30 split. And Usyk said, okay. Fury's like, I want this size ring. And Usyk was like, okay. Usyk wants the smoke. He's not afraid of anybody. But what Usyk also wants to do is be able to keep his titles. And thus, he's. Uh, it looks like he's going to be fighting Daniel Dubois, who is his mandatory. Uh, with three belts, they do kind of a rotating thing. And so Daniel Dubois is the guy who's up first. So he's going to you know, be looking to defend his titles. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to add... I think Usyk would fight Wilder for free if he could. Yeah. So is being scared of him? Absolutely not. I love Wilder. Well, well, yeah, Usyk. I mean, when you're at that level, you're not scared of anybody. Nobody's afraid of anybody. Um, With that said, Usyk wants to make money. He wants to make money, and right now, Tyson Fury is the money man. He's the money man. So when he's the money man. You know, you're going to go after him. You know, right now, Deontay Wilder's not as much on Usyk's rating. Yeah, so Usyk kind of, he, he gets to kind of pick and choose. So, at the moment, he's more focused on types of treatment. Yeah. Like I was saying, you know, with, with, with Alexander Usyk, the only thing that supersedes the mandatory is a unification fight. And so the mandatory straps, I forget what three he has, but they were going to allow the Fury unification to happen. Once that, the negotiations fell through, then one of the belts enforced their mandatory. So Usyk, you know, has to fight Deontay or has to fight Daniel Dubois. Uh, That's his first scheduled mandatory. Um, The only thing that would supersede that would be if he were to go ahead and kick things up with Tyson Fury. So if he were to go ahead and fight Wilder, he would be stripped of his belt. So, there's just no reason for him to – it's not in his position or in his best interest to fight Wilder right now, not unless it's a voluntary uh, defense, um, which I'm sure he would do. But I, right now he's about, you know, his straps and, and getting that undisputed. He was undisputed at cruiserweight. He wants to be undisputed at heavyweight. And you see you see Uzik fighting the bigger opponents, you know, even the last couple of years, he's been fighting the bigger opponents. He fought Joshua not once, but twice, and won both of them. I think right now, honestly, I think there's no one beating Usyk. I think he's just too technical, and I think he's a great, great technician. I think he's a very well, well-rounded, balanced fighter. You know, Usyk, uh, I, I, oh, as much yeah, as I yeah. agree with that. Um, I have to, you know what, Usyk, as good as he is, you're dealing with the heavyweight division. Simple as that. And Deontay Wilder has a shot against everybody. Everybody. Tyson Fury is big, and he's also very good. So he has a shot against 
everybody. Usyk, um, right now, uh, as far as the top guys, Usyk, he, he dealt with Joshua. I don't want to say easily, but he dealt with some handles. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to deal with either one of those other two guys handily. I don't know if he wins or loses, but I not just I, you know that's not a guarantee to me. No, I agree with you, but you know styles make fights. You know, it's like I can fight you, and then you can fight Tony, and then fight another guy, but I can beat you, but I can't beat Tony, but you can beat Tony. So I think a lot has to do with style. I agree with you. The Monty Wilder has a puncher's chance. Um, but he doesn't know how to throw a jab. I mean, he's got to start learning. If he had a jab behind that devastating right hand, oh, he'd be deadly. Um, I, I wish he worked on his jab when Lennox Lewis was trying to help him. You know, um, if he had a jab like a Larry Holmes or Carl Detroit Williams, he'd be deadly. I mean, but he's right. deadly without a jab. <laughs> he's deadly without a jab. Yeah, I know, but you know the problem is a lot of these fighters now. This the problem is a lot of these trainers they're not like Ray Arcel anymore, Emmanuel yeah. Stewart. These guys were the yeah. students of the game, and yeah. I mean, look at Emmanuel Stewart's son. I mean, literally did with Tyson Fury, and he turned him into a way much better fighter. He learned yeah. from his dad, and Emmanuel Stewart was a great, great trainer. And I just think a lot of these fighters now, to me, the jab is everything. The jab sets everything up. It is. And I watch a lot of these fighters now, very few. No one uses the jab anymore. The jab sets everything up. It really does. And I think if Wilder, is a, he's a great athlete. He's the type of guy you can put in a basketball court. He could shoot the ball. He can do this. He's a great athlete. But I wish he would work on that jab more. He would be so much deadly with that lethal power that he has. He'd be incredible. I really you, like you know, him. I wish the best for him. I, I'm going to kind of double down and absolutely concur what you say and double down on it. Um, I, I really like Wilder, too. I wouldn't want him to beat Usyk. Usyk's my favorite guy. Uh, and it's a dangerous fight for Usyk, right? All these big guys are dangerous for Usyk. Wilder's absolutely. specifically dangerous because he's so dynamic um, and, and pretty quick, especially quick for the heavyweight with oh, that absolutely. long right hand. The issue, though, is, as you say, with Wilder, he doesn't have a great jab. And I double down on that by, by not only agreeing with you, but he just doesn't have a great lead hand or lead hand usage in whatsoever. So Correct. in addition to having, you know, I would say subpar footwork uh, outside of being able to maintain distance occasionally, he doesn't have great usage of his lead hand, be it a jab, check, left hook, or anything of that nature. So with Usyk being a southpaw, and constantly trying to turn his opponent, Deontay doesn't have the jab to steady him or the hook to deter him. So for me, that's the fight that the, that Usyk wins that fight hands down unless he gets caught with something. Tyson Fury is a different challenge altogether just because of the size and the versatility of the guy. So I agree with you. I, I agree. I think um, when you're fighting the southpaw, I fought David Navarro. Um, I fought in the gloves in the southpaw. I mean, and even in the amateurs and the games, a lot of guys get away with, you know, uh, with these fights that on their book and say they have eight fights and now they have 10, 12 fights. This guy was experienced southpaw. And when you're fighting a southpaw, you got to move to your left and use your jab a lot and throw a right hand or left hook. If you can't do that, you're in trouble. And yeah. if you got a great jab and move into your left and pull on it, even if you pull that jab out like Floyd, confuse him, lead right hands or left hooks, you got checkmate. He's good, you know, but... I just think that uh, Fury and, and 
he just he's a big man and big man as what six foot nine if I'm not mistaken guys yes sir Tyson yes, Fury oh yes, sir. and he's, he's he's a man that's so elusive he's a beast and and you got a big guy like that leaning on you um, and it's just so difficult having a big man like that that is tactical too that's a problem yeah. that's a problem absolutely agree sir. Okay. Hey, uh, Kane, let's, uh, let's go to the other side of the coin right now for uh, uh, Charles, Charles Oliver. He had a hell of a TKO on his last bout. What do you think of that? Kane. Kane, you there? My, okay, my bad. The whole thing was on mute while oh, I was okay, talking. So I had a whole, whole sentence, and I looked down at my phone, and it's still on mute. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if y'all saw the fight, but uh, that sequence that led oh, up to Oh, I that... saw it, Brother Cade, and I oh, saw it. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so clean. That was beautiful. I've never seen Charles <laughs> Oliveira move and move his hands like that before. It was it was like I was watching a whole, you know, reborn striker version of Charles Oliveira. I was a very happy, happy camper watching that fight. But does it give me confidence that he can go and be Islam? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But that sequence when he led he threw that that uh I believe it was a left high kick straight to straight to um oh oh, oh my gosh, I'm gonna tip my head. Um Benil Darius, right? When he threw that crate to Benil Darius and he turned him around, kind of, kind of got him dazed a little bit, looking around, and he kind of just went straight in for the kill there. You know, led him with those those two uh, lead hooks and those two lead jabs, and going in for the big right hook that followed them, dropping him to the canvas, you know, controlling him while he's down there, and then ultimately leading to the TKO. Oh my! Oh my! We're looking at a whole new animal when it comes to striking in him. But, uh, yeah, does that give me confidence that he can go and beat Islam Makhachev? That's where I'm torn. I don't know. Because, yeah, he looks good, but his striking looks good. We didn't see any improvision to his grappling. We didn't see any improvision to his, to his, to his, um, to, to his ground game. We, we didn't see any of that. But we did see... You know, what was his fault? What was his fault when he fought Islam? He threw that that uh, that flying knee that ultimately led to him getting knocked out. That was that was his downfall. So maybe he could be a little bit smarter with his striking, not just throw a, a flying knee out of nowhere and get absolutely right hooked by a wrestler. But uh, yeah, can he can he improve against Islam Makachev next time around, and can he win? That is the big question. And uh, Bob, what do you think? Well, I didn't get to see it, so yeah. I mean, Oliver has always been a great fighter. You know, he his ground game was better than his his stand up. So if he's improving there, uh, that's fantastic. But I did not get to see the fight, so I apologize. Okay. Hey, we have a uh, call. What's your question, Kate? Kate, what was your question? Oh, I was just—I uh, was asking, how do y'all think? Um, 
Charles Oliveira can match up against Islam Makachev next fight? That was that was a question towards uh, Ty Tyrezito. I don't think he's going to match Ooh. up too well. I like okay. Oliveira, okay. but I think I think he I think Islam may be just a little too deep water. Even though Oliveira he, he's good swimming, I just think uh, I think Islam right now I think is more or less his time you know compared to Oliveira. Before yeah. Islam fought uh, Oliveira the first time, before Islam fought Oliveira the first time, what I had noted in uh, you know, Oliveira's three biggest performances, right, the Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, uh, Michael Chandler fights, what I had noted was that he was getting clipped in the striking, but nobody went down with him. The guy that came closest to beating him was Michael Chandler because Michael Chandler was the only guy who dove down into his guard. Um, and I thought that if Makachev got him to the ground, he wouldn't be afraid to go to the ground with him. So that still stands. Makachev will not be afraid to go to the ground with him. He won't have a problem taking Charles Oliveira down. And when he's down there, he's probably going to control positions pretty much. So those things still stand. But Caden made a very, very, I think, very uh, valid and intelligent point in that I, I thought Oliveira would beat Benil Darius, but I didn't think he'd run for him like that. And what looked impressive was his striking was cleaner. Charles Oliveira is always aggressive as far as his striking, but his eyes look better defensively in the pocket. He seemed to be able to see better what was coming at him. It could have been because of Benil's style or, you know, whatever, but he just seemed to be able to see uh, defensively in the pocket a little better than he had before. And if his strike is cleaner, then that makes his fight with Makachev a tougher fight for Islam. And the reason being is because if he can take advantage in the striking, because I always thought he was the better striker, he just gets clipped more. If he can go ahead and outstrike Islam and make Islam panic wrestle, then it becomes a little easier to go ahead and catch him in a submission. So if his striking was clean and wasn't just the opponent, then, then I, I think it's a tough, it's a tougher fight. I think uh, I still lean towards Islam, but I think it's a much tighter fight. And, and a, a big note is that Charles Oliveira did not get clipped one time in that entire fight. And nope. like, I forget who said it, but you know, you were saying that uh, when Islam knocked, knocked Charles Oliveira down in that first fight, that was just the start of the end. The real thing that ended it is Islam not being afraid and jumping straight in the top mount immediately and getting that arm triangle in seconds. People should be doing. And that's what it takes. You know, you pit greatness against greatness, fire against fire. You see that was happening with uh, Israel Adesanya. When Israel Adesanya was on top of the world, coasting through everybody, you know, what, what was he doing? No one was approaching him. No one wanted to, no one wanted to get, get into his guard no one wanted to get close. What I saw, what I also saw against Volkanovski, came along and, and Alex Pereira came along and knocked him out. And when you saw the same with Islam Makachev against Charles Oliveira. And, and think about this, exactly. Aiden. And, and think about this real quick, Aiden. I love Makachev, but when we saw Makachev fight Volkanovski, uh, there were a few times, specifically in that last round where he got tired, where he tried to panic wrestle. 
And if you panic wrestle against Charles Oliveira, he's going to wrap you up in the guillotine and put you to sleep. So, oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. He doesn't Good. make mistakes. He feeds off of mistakes. He feeds Good. off of them. Hey, guys, we have a uh, caller online, uh, Chris. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Hey, how you doing? We're doing good. Hey, how's it going, Chris? Uh, it's okay. I'm uh, I'm listening to your show. I'm very interested. I like what you guys are talking about. Uh, uh, UFC, though, that's a different game than uh, boxing. Very out of nowhere, you could, like you were saying before, you could give the guy a jumping kick and you know, a jumping knee and knock him out. So uh, I haven't really been into the, the MMA and getting into it now, though. Uh, it's very different animal than regular boxing, though. Very exciting, though. Yeah. Not that, that you know, uh, all these fights uh, in the MMA seem like, you know, any any time somebody can get knocked, knocked right out from a jumping kick or a jumping knee, it's just, you know, it's a very exciting game. You're, you're finding that yeah. MMA is much more unpredictable than, than our boxing, huh? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish one of you, everyone in the show, thanks for having a Chris. My, that's, this is my cousin calling from New York. I appreciate it. It's, it's great to have you on, my cousin. It's great to be on. I love it. Does he owe you any money? Cousin Chris. There it is. Cousin Chris. That's cousin Chris. Chris. <laughs> cousin Chris. Cousin Chris. <laughs> Cousin Chris from the Bronx. All right. Bronx. <laughs> hey, Chris, spread the word in the Bronx for us. Oh, I definitely will now. Yep. My, my cousin turned me on to your show, and it's a really good show. Look, thanks thank for you, coming thank you, on, cousin. I love you. Tell the family I love you. Thank you. You got it. You got it. Hey, hey thanks for having me, uh, What do you think about Okay. Have a nice night. You too. Okay, uh, Bob, what do you think about Jermaine Sterling's uh, outing with Catello? Uh, yeah, I didn't get to see that one either. Uh, I haven't really watched anything in the last couple of weeks. I apologize. Um, but Sterling's a beast. There is, you know, no said, nothing else to say about Sterling um, other than he's a straight uh, beast. Now, beating uh, Cejudo, um, now, Henry was a, a – triple a or h or triple c whatever they call themselves there for a while um a phenomenal wrestler and retired a little early a little premature and then started you know just talking trash from uh facebook and and twitter and all that kind of stuff for a while so for ellerman to take him out like that was fantastic Mm -hmm. damn you don't like you don't like henry cejudo no Oh my God! I love oh triple C. Triple C. I think he, I think he's a good athlete. I think you know as far it's, it, I don't like John Jones either. You know what I mean? But I can't argue that he's not the goat. You know, just as a as a person. I mean, I've never met the fellow. We've never hung out and had tea or coffee or crumpets. But you know what I mean? Just uh, your 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 off stage performance to me says a lot. You know, um, and again, I'm just I'm, I'm just against this whole new day and age where, you know, back in my day, sticks and stones break your bones, but words will never hurt me. Today, it's just the opposite. You know, words will destroy people. And then, and, but yet, you know, it's all about this and that. You can't say this and that, but these certain guys get on the internet and just talk trash. Why can't you speak for yourself in the ring? 
you know, uh, but, walk quiet and carry a big stick kind of thing. But guess guess what else? Guess what else, guess what else you see now? You see a lot more touching. You know, it, sticks and stones may, may not may break your bones. You know, words may not hurt you, but words they make cash. They bring in the payday. And uh, yeah, I'm not gonna knock Henry Cejudo, you know, for doing what, what what he does just to get get a little bit of extra cash, get a little bit of extra that that pay per view. But uh, I was not expecting him to go out like that, not like that. And uh, it, was, it was sad seeing him uh, seeing him lose. But uh, I didn't watch most of the fight. I turned on maybe the first like the first I think it was the first like. Uh, 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 first or second round, and I, I kind of just went to sleep after that. It was, it was. I remember it was just a little bit of a snooze fest, and I kind of just, I don't know. I, I figured I'd just watch the highlights in the morning. And you know what, guys? I I totally agree. Getting humbled, you know, like sometimes you want to sell, market it. You know, I remember when Dave Telesco fought Roy Jones. He was at ringside, like Mr. T, calling Roy Jones out, and he got the fight. So. Sometimes, you know, you do what you have to do, but actions speak louder than words, you know. Sometimes you just get, wind up getting humbled. So, you know, you just do what you yeah, have to yeah. do to, to market sometimes yourself. It's, it's, sometimes it's satisfying to see, you know, that, that justice right. being done to a certain extent. You know, somebody <laughs> might put themselves into it. And, yeah. Spot on. It's Very like true. every Toby Covington fight or watching every uh, Greg Hardy fight. You know, you like, to see, you like to see that guy get his ass beat. Yeah, it's uh, totally, yeah, every, uh, Everyone loves it when yeah. somebody comes out in the ring and they're being extra flashy and they're doing cart, one-handed cartwheels and they're talking the most trash at the way in and then they go down <clears throat> within the first exchange. You know, there's, there's not a person alive that doesn't just love that. Just why, 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 why is Ric Flair a legend? Why is the nature really a legend, right? Woo! <laughs> there it is. I was a big fan of Macho Man. Come on, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah, the Macho oh, Man. Yeah. But my, Macho Man is another great example, right? Because people love heels, too. You either love them oh, or you he was great. Great athlete, you know too. Great athlete. Yep, yep. Y'all play a great athlete. Y'all leaving out my generation. Randy Orton and John Cena, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go. Floyd Mayweather made more money than a little bit being a heel. Oh yeah. What's your guys? What's your guys' take on uh, what happened this weekend with Floyd and uh, with John Gotti's great? <laughs> yeah, that one. That's what I was going to bring up here shortly. Uh, I didn't. I thought it was all just for numbers or something until I saw the the YouTube video backstage. During that was a crazy brawl. It, it was bad. It was it you was know, bad. Funny, I was, the best punch the, the best punch Floyd landed all fight was in the brawl. Gotti ran up on him, Floyd threw a hook, missed the hook. The Gotti started swinging, Floyd hit him with a right that backed him off. And I was like, ah, that's the best punch he landed. <laughs> well, now I he's got all the death yeah. threats coming his way too, so Yeah. I was, yeah, I was just about to say that was that uh like I don't know, someone's wife in the family. Maybe it was like John Gotti's wife, something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what, man? And I, I'm sure if this were like the mid-'80s, Floyd be scared to death. But, you know, I mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, not this right time. Now, yeah, in the 80s, yeah. I would say yes. I can tell you for a fact. 
You oh, better absolutely, be careful. right? He'd be scared to death. <laughs> Trust me, guys. <laughs> Trust me on that. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, if it were the 80s, he wouldn't have fought. He wouldn't have fought. <laughs> well, I'll tell you <laughs> what, old, old man right Gotti, old man Gotti was, be, was going out there, you know, by his bodyguard. He didn't had, look too happy. <laughs> no, he had some skills. Old man Gotti had some skills. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I, I don't know which Gotti it was. Is, one of them was walking out of that ring, though, uh, with a bunch of bodyguards, and he didn't look like one to mess with. I can tell you that. No, but, but no, you know, no, no. What's funny, though, is when John, when when young Gotti started his MMA career, I actually, like, you know, was able to catch one of his fights on YouTube, and I thought he was, like, pretty promising. Um, obviously, because of his name recognition, he got this Floyd Money fight, which was probably his biggest payday. Um but, you know, like I, I like to see him continue his MMA career. It looked like something he was taking pretty seriously. So He, he, he didn't even land, which is amazing. Is, you know, that fight I spoke to last night, um, Richard Swartz, he's a great cut man from New York. I was actually going to have him come on. He had Iran the Blade Bark he was going to call in, which would have been hey. great. Um, and he's a Bronx guy for me, so the Blade Barkley, yeah, um, tough guy, guy, legit. Yeah. Oh, great, right. great guy. Um, he, I don't know if awesome. he's supposed to go to a weight. And, you know, him being from the Bronx and, and owning Tommy Hearns, the great legend, Tommy Hearns, beating him yeah. twice. That was incredible. Um, but he told me, he said that, uh, you know, it, it, what he seen last night, it, it, there was a guy live, and he knew that it was really scary, that he was in the corner, like, couldn't even get out. He was trapped. It was wow. It was bad. He said it was really bad. That it was a literally legit brawl. Like it wasn't. This wasn't no show act. It was a. It was an all-out brawl. Yeah, that, that didn't look staged or for numbers to me. When I saw the video of it, I was like, "Holy shit, they tripping!" <laughs> it's crazy to me how a multi-million-dollar person gets into right. a street ride. That that that's that's all I can say. That's that's kind of wild to me. Like, you have all of this money, and I know. you're getting into a street riot. Like <laughs> money doesn't buy good judgment. That's the one thing we know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm saying to myself, is, is Floyd sometimes, like, really going above, you know, waters? He, like, testing the waters here, you know, like, because, you know, I looked at him. I was like, you know, I don't know what Floyd is what now, about 46? Yeah, so I'm yeah, not mistaken. Around, huh? yeah. Yes, sir. All right, yeah, he's about 46. Right. Okay, you can tell. You look at him. Listen, as we get older, naturally, you know, I'm 51. You know, are we going to be as fast as when our 20s or 30? No. You know, the last thing that goes is our punching power. We always keep our power. You know, punching chance. You know, but uh, I looked at Floyd. I mean, you could tell he 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 slowed down a little bit. Like you know, even though oh, he's yeah. great as he is, he slow he slowed down. And I was like, wow. Like, and Kenny Bayless that actually refs, Rich was telling me last night, because I asked him to call in, Kenny Bayless is a lot of his ref, and there was no judges, none. There was no reason for Kenny Bayless, even Richard Schwartz told me, for him to stop that, though. They should have let it go yeah, it was on. it exhibition, yeah. It was exhibition. Why stop it? You know, let him yeah. go. Let him go. It was just exhibition. And he stopped. I'm he glad he did, it. though. Well, well he, 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 stopped, uh, he stopped it. Be, I mean, it wasn't the most entertaining affair, but he stopped it because they were talking too much trash. Like, really? No, they're, they're, they're yeah, punching each other though, in the like, face. You know, let it go. Trash though. is too much. How much? You can't talk trash, but you can hit each other. 
Yeah, and and it was and it was and then all of a sudden then he attacked him and then that was that was it that was when all bets were off, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was I was saying to myself, wow, is this? I first thought maybe it's staged, and then I spoke to Richard, and he's like, no, Anthony. He goes, one of the guys, my assistant guys that does hand wraps, he was trapped in the corner. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not good. No, it's not, not good at all. It was bad. It looked, something, it looked something like, you remember back in the days when Galata fought Riddick Bow? Oh, I never fought. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, my goodness, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Was, that was melee. That was, wow. that was, that was an all-out brawl. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally, Galata had to stay away and use his jab, but how many times he, he had Riddick Bow beat, and he low-blowed him, and that was it. <laughs> mm, mm, kept and that was it. when the hell broke loose. He just couldn't stop hitting them in the twigs and berries. <laughs> just couldn't stop hitting the twigs and berries. His trainer told him to go specifically to the head. His and he did it again. Don't punch to the body anymore. He said, I'm not, not punching punch to the body. I'm punching to the twigs and berries. <laughs> he did. He, he did. And he, he just wasn't disciplined enough, Galata. No. He really wasn't. Galata's problem was all mental because he was. A, I, I, I used to like Galata. Yeah. He was a good fighter. No, Galata was, was, was good. He had talent, Galata. He was good. Yeah. He was but like the Lennox it, Lewis fight. He was just. He just. He had a. I don't know what happened. Had a nervous breakdown or something. Mental. I mean. Yeah, it was always mental with him. Always mental. Yeah. It, but to see that though remind me of. Um, it was just it was just a melee. So when I seen that brawl, it was like it just reminded me. It took me back to Galata and Riddick Bow when I seen the, the Mayweather and Gotti. Yeah, That's Bob, what we don't need. Yeah, it's, let's let Bob get some time in here. Uh, he's been studying up all night for a urine test, but uh, uh, a blood <laughs> test. Uh, I hope he passes. Hey, Bob, what do you think of? Uh, Israel Adesanya uh, saying that Whitaker doesn't uh, deserve a third uh, a third chance. <clears throat> well, not right away. <clears throat> I think he's uh, waiting for the winner between him and uh, his next opponent, July sixth. I saw something about that. I can't find it right in front of me right now. But um, yeah, he's fighting uh, DDP, the South African dude, and yeah. Adesanya has a beef with him because. He said something that was true, but Adesanya took offense. He said, they claim to be African champions. He goes, but I'm the only true African champion. And obviously, you know, they were offended, you know, specifically Adesanya because he was born in Nigeria. But what DDP was saying in context was, yes, they were born here, but he lived in trains out of New Zealand and Australia. He's like, I was born in South Africa. I still live in South Africa, and I train in South Africa. Right. I wake up every morning and breathe African air. And he was right. But Alessandria, I think, just looking for another opponent, right, use that as, like, I want him to win. But he doesn't think uh, DDP is going to beat Whitaker. So that's, right. that's the issue. And you can see this happen over the over the uh, you know, over time. You see yeah, every once in a while, you know, there's going to be a period of time where there's going to be, you know, maybe three, four different champions in the span of two years. But then there's going to be a time where one guy comes along and dominates the division for long enough that he fights all of the competition, just waiting for new competition to come through. And this is one of those times. Israel Adesanya has cleared out the middleweight division, and he's not just, he doesn't want to just fight the same names over and over and over again. 
You yeah. know, he wants to start fighting new blood, you know. New blood, yeah. New, yeah. new opponent, see who, see who can really, you know, <laughs> test out his... You don't want to fight the same guys and stay at the same level. You know, if you fight different guys, then that's the only way you can really gauge or not if you're getting better. You know what I mean? If you fight the same guy and beat him, then you're back to square one. You're back to where you are when you beat him last time. You haven't gotten any better. Like, you're so right. It's all cyclical. Because remember when Anderson Silva owned a division for, like, seven years? And then in a span of, like, four years, you you know, you had Chris Weidman, Luke Rockhold, Michael Bisbane, George Mm -hmm. St. Pierre. And now out of sight yep. has brought stability back to division. So that happens, all right? That happens in all divisions in, in both sports, in boxing and MMA. So you got to love it. The, the, the easy <laughs> remedy, so you have new opponents, and guys do this all the time, is they move up. Israel moved up uh, one time before. I mean, he lost, but not, I mean, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised to look for him to do that again. But well, right now, like, think about it. It's funny you talked about moving up. A light heavyweight division in UFC is in a state of flux uh, that Caden was just talking about, really a state of flux, ever since John Jones left, right? You had Yuri Prohaska, then he heard him. Well, you had Dominic Reyes uh, fighting for the title. He lost to Blahovich, right? Then Blahovich loses to, to, to Shara, who loses to uh, Prohaska, who, who gets hurt, who then – now Hill, Jamal, like we've had four champions like in three years, right? So that's, yeah. man, it's part of it. Mm-hmm. And and it's back to what, uh, what you were talking about, how uh, you know nobody wants to, nobody doesn't want to fight anybody. Like especially nobody doesn't want to fight the champion. Who doesn't want to fight the champion? That's not only a bunch of money, but it's also a shot at getting a belt. So to say someone's scared of someone else, that's just, Another one of those, you know, what I like to call promotion talk, you know, fight promotion talk. It just smack, you know, get get the views up, get the money up. But uh, no one who is a, uh, no one who signed a contract to be a professional combat athlete is afraid of another professional combat athlete. At least in my mind, they, they shouldn't. Be, at least. Okay. Um, hey. Uh, Caden, one of your uh, favorite fighters, Shakara Rachmana, is coming up uh, in two weeks. What's your, right. uh, what's your uh, thoughts on that one? Shavkat Rachmanov, uh, who is he fighting? Uh, he had a, uh, oh, wait a minute, he just had a, a knockout. Oh, 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 oh. That, was a, that was a while ago, I, I believe, right? Alex Pereira. Uh, and then it's on you. What's the, what's the story? Okay, yeah. Um, for the next fight is, I don't know because they've already fought. What is it like five times now? You know, five yeah. or four times with with Alexander winning like four out of the five or or three out of the four, whatever it is. But you know, regardless of that, out. He, he is. They are two. They are one and one against each other in the UFC. So they they do need to settle this deadlock. At least in my in my opinion, I, I believe they should. Just because that that's no fun. That's no fun, right? You can't have you can't have it go one one, and that's the story for the rest of their careers. Never gonna know who's the overall better fighter. 
So, uh, well, Izzy, Izzy said the only way the third fight happens is if uh, Pajada wins the UFC light heavyweight title. And you know Pajada yeah, yeah. moved up and he's about to fight Jan Blahovich. So, yeah, <laughs> he's got to come fight against Blahovich. <laughs> Yeah, and I would say this, like, it's not going to happen, like you said, it's not, obviously it's not going to happen right away, you know, that's not, that, that not only should it not be the immediate fight that happens right away, but it's just not going to happen, because he moves up, and uh, the only way that that's going to happen will be for a double weight, or a, a double champ position for Israel Adesanya, which would be written in the stars if you really think about it. Mm-hmm. All right, Tony? Here's your chance to redeem yourself with uh, Orlando. Uh, Ryan Garcia tells uh, Roly Romero, let's get you off your ass, let's fight. What's the story? Talk to Raleigh Romero? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Ryan Garcia will clean his clock, so that, that won't be anything. And I don't think Ryan's backed up by uh, De La Hoya anymore. I think he went back to cross-dressing again. So I believe we might have an issue with them in management. Yeah, I'm going to say it how it is. He's wearing women's panties at the moment right now. He got all upset about this whole Garcia thing. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know who's going to be managing Garcia, but if he fights Raleigh, Raleigh's going down face first like he did with Tank. I definitely agree with that. Definitely. As a public service yeah. announcement, anything of Anthony's mouth is not not cleared by the management. Thank you very much. Any lawsuits? Yeah. I will give you his address. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm close enough to Orlando. He'll be over there. We'll, we'll run at each other. He can say hello. <laughs> get a little red lipstick on me. It'll be all right. Are those the new women's panties from Target? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> the one Kim Kardashian's been pushing, you know? Skims. <laughs> well, guys, we're we're up at the, against our time limit. In fact, I extended 20 minutes to ask so we could talk. But I appreciate everybody coming on tonight. Um, let's see. Have our guest lead us out. Uh, Anthony, you want to lead us out? Yeah, I want to thank – I really want to – I really want to thank everyone for having me on the show, and it was a pleasure and an honor uh, to be with you guys tonight. And, uh, you know, happy Father's Day to all of you, whoever's a father's out there. And I thank you again, and I had a had an awesome time tonight on the show. Great. Oh, please come back, Amen. brother. <laughs> I, I really, you know, I got so much more and love to show and much more, so I really appreciate if you guys have me on, and it would be a pleasure. And I thank you again. And I do want to show a lot of love for everyone out here in Sarasota. I moved out here three years ago, and it's been nothing but uh, fantastic for my children and I. And uh, I want to show love for Linda, that's the mother to me, and all the other people, my cousins, and and all people that I want to show love and respect for uh, at CORE, uh, Laura, Tara, all wonderful people that I met in my life. And, and I want to thank you again for having me on the show. Okay. Okay. You know, it's been a good couple of weeks since we've done this show, and uh, you know, just felt right. Felt like I was at home, and uh, everyone carried their weight. So it was just all in all, great show, and a uh, good newcomer on. Did did very well. I uh, forgot your name. What's your name? Yes, my name is Anthony. I, pre- I appreciate Anthony. it, brother. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show, man. But uh, happy, yeah, and I happy thank you very much. 
anybody else who's a father, and uh, I'll see you all next weekend. Uh, peace out. Okay, Tony. Peace out. Thank you. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank Anthony for coming on. Uh, Leo, I believe it was Chris, the callers. That was awesome to have them uh, listening out of the Bronx and chiming in. Love it. Uh, I'd like to say happy Father's Day to all you guys. I love all you guys, Frank, Caden, Bob, uh, Ty, Z. You guys are like family. I've never met half of you, but we're all family. Um, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to my ex-wives. You know, it's not your day. It's mine. It's uh, to the second wife that has my child. It's my day, and I'm not like that, but it's my day. So it is your day. You had yours. You got that right, brother. So love all you guys. Bob, love you, man. Don't break me in half when we meet. You know, we will uh, catch you guys next week. I'm glad we uh, we're back because it's been a long two weeks. I was craving getting back on. So, hey, well, thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you, Tony. Thank you very much. And you you take care. God bless. It was great having you on, Caden, Ty, Z, Tony, Frank. Thanks for putting us all together, bringing this crazy lot together every week. Uh, it's great talking with you guys after having a couple of weeks off. Um, Happy Father's Day to all of us fathers out there, uh, and uh, to the to the like Caden, the fathers that don't know their fathers, uh, that could be getting the letter in the mail. <laughs> so, uh, God bless everyone. Keep those eyes up and chins down. We'll see you next week. All right. God bless. Thanks, guys. See. Oh, another wonderful show. Good to be back. I want to thank Anthony for calling in and uh, uh, the Bronx Connection. I want to thank Tony. Thank you, brother. No, no doubt, no doubt. I want to thank Tony. All love, thank all love, brother. Thank Tony, Bob. I want to thank Kate and Ty, you, Bush, all of my Fighting Words family. If anybody wants to hear any Fighting Words, please do call. Oh, these shows are another good. Dr. Fish, uh, Bob, and Coach Town. Happy Father's Day. Okay. Cheers. First of all, big ups to Anthony, brother. Thank you for calling in and adding some knowledge to the hour. Very much appreciated. Um, um, also, my respect, thank, brother. Absolutely. Also, want to thank Cuzzo Chris from the Bronx and Leo. Uh, gotta <laughs> thank the guys that's been here. My guy Tony, Bob, Caden, Butch, Zito. Man, it's a pleasure being on. Forgive me for my lateness. It's a pleasure to say Happy Father's Day to all you gentlemen. Except Caden, keep it wrapped up, my guy. Not yet. I hear you got three out there somewhere, buddy. This program uh, really came together uh, almost 20 years ago uh, with the assistance of Deputy uh, Robert Anthony Carroll, uh, Aaron, and, and <clears throat> And Aaron Jaco uh, got these, these programs done. Uh, Monday would have been uh, Bobby's 58th birthday. Uh, we wish him a very happy birthday. We know he's at the Golden Bridge with uh, his uncles and his grandfather and everybody else, and we appreciate that. It's a help loss, but uh, he'd love to hold a memory for everybody. Just uh, that's his name around the city. Anybody knew it? Knew he was a deputy. Knew he was a good guy. Um, so I want to thank. Uh, 
These programs are brought to you each and every night a week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women system fire services. When you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please make sure you let them know that, you know, you know that they're there. These, these programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcamp, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Gazwith, Sergeant Thomas Bazier, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childress, San Diego Officer Mike Hitler, Sergeant Tom Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Chris Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Anopla Crispin, Lakeland PD, Lieutenant Joe Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Deputy Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Trooper Joe Bulk, Florida Highway Patrol, Chief Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Chief Al Hogan, Longo Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Deputy Mike Hargrove, Pine Ellis County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Lane Lane, Polk County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Chris Meyer, Polk County Sheriff's Department, Ms. Sergeant Christopher Fitzgerald, Philadelphia Sheriff's Department, and the University of Temple Police Department. My brothers and sisters, though you, though you may be 10-7 at this point in time, and sometime will be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields, and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the palm of his hands. Good night, God bless, and happy Father State at all. Huh? It was on me. I was. I thought I. I won, and they all loved me. You said Ed from the Bronx, baby. They all, they all, you could tell. And,
County Dispatch to 1999. County Dispatch to 1999. County Dispatch to 1999. All units be advised. 1999 is responded to his last emergency. May God rest his soul and all the souls of the faithful departed. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.